0: When it comes to life, we value many different things. Things that are not wrong or sinful, necessarily, but they become our obsession, they become our goal, our reason to live, they become what drives us day after day. I think if we put together a list of What's important in our lives, what we value most in our everyday lives from week to week. And we sat here and took some ideas of what that would be. I think number one, probably in most people in this world, would be money. It's what drives them. It's why uh, they wake up. They, they strategize, and they take risks, and they have goals to hit a certain uh, financial peak in their life. You know, as Catherine and uh, I pursue to be in full-time ministry and to pastor someday, in the meantime, we work uh, secular jobs throughout the week, Monday through Friday. And I work with guys, uh, whether it's uh, in sales or in real estate, whatever the case may be, who I, I respect and who are good people, they're not, not bad people, but it's sad to look that their whole obsession, their entire drive of their life, why they strategize, why they stay up late, while they wake up early, what their whole life is centered around is the dollar bill and how they can get more and how they can get into new investments and how they can uh, become more, uh, become wealthier in this life. And again, not necessarily wrong to have financial goals and to be smart financially, but it's their obsession. It's what they value. I think about what else do we value in this life. Obviously, most of us, probably all of us here tonight, or if you're watching through live stream, would say our families. We value our families. There's nothing that we wouldn't do for our families. There's nothing that a parent wouldn't do ...for their child. It's right up there on the list. It's why you get up every day. It's what drives you. It's why uh, you're even here tonight. For some of you, for the sake of your children to be in church. It's, it's up there on our list of what we value. I think of relationships. Whether it's a husband and wife, or a boyfriend, or a girlfriend. Whether some of us, we value our, our cars, or we're into, we're into um, cars and motorcycles and different things to that nature. We value our phones. Whether we want to admit it or not, we value our phones. It's probably the one thing in this life that is with us all the time. From sunup to sundown, we always know where it is. We're checking it for the most part at least every five or ten minutes, and it's valuable to us. We charge it, make sure it's ready to go. It's valuable. Our house, obviously most of us, if we own or rent, we take pride in, in where we live, and it is valuable to us. And the list goes on and on of things in this life that we value. Again, not necessarily wrong or sinful things. But as Christians in America, I believe we forget sometimes the value, the importance, and the worth of that book that is sitting on your lap this evening, and that is the Word of God. I think if we took a survey for the average Christian in America, we'd be very saddened to see the results of how many Christians don't read it, how they barely study it, we barely memorize it. And if I sat you down outside a church setting and I said, list the top three things that you value in your life, for most Christians, the Bible wouldn't make the list. The majority of us, we take it for granted. We own 5 to 10 to 12 copies of it that are barely opened unless we come to church On Sunday or Wednesday, our schools and our nation ban it. Our country rejects it and everything it stands for. And then we wonder why our nation's in the shape it's in. We wonder why as Christians we live powerless and fearful lives. We lost our regard. We lost our value and our love for God's word. What does that word value mean, that definition? The regard that something is held to deserve. The importance the worth. And as Christians, I believe and I'm guilty of this and convicts me as I studied this truth that we forget the value of God's Word. We forget the importance of the Bible. My goal and my objective tonight is not to beat you up, is not to beat each other up, but to remind myself, to remind us all the value of God's Word. And hopefully you can walk away tonight, as I stated when we opened, with a different perspective than what you had when you walked in. I think there's no greater passage to start when studying the importance of the Word of God than John chapter 1. If you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 1. And let's look at a few verses tonight. John chapter 1, we're talking about the importance of the Word of God. The value of the Word of God. It's worth. Understanding what we really hold on our lap. Understanding what we have when we come to church and we open the Word of God. John chapter 1. And you can follow along as I read in verses 1 and 2. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word, notice this, was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Skip down to verse 14. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. That's Jesus Christ. And we beheld His glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The Bible is the word of God. Jesus Christ is the word. That is what is on your lap, that holy, sacred Bible. How us Christians, when we read those verses in John chapter 1, not value, not understand the importance of this book. So I started to do a study, and that's what I want to share with you tonight for the next few minutes. And I haven't finished this list, but different verses and different passages in the Bible to remind me of its value, to remind me of its importance. Different things that the Bible names or calls itself. And I want to look at a few of those tonight. Turn if again to Psalm 119. We're going to use our Bibles tonight since we're talking about the importance of the Bible. I think it's fit that we use our Bible. So Psalm 119 and let's look at again familiar passage, but let's look at the first thing, Psalm 119. First point tonight. And we'll look at verse 105. Psalm one nineteen one o five. 105. Here's what the Bible says. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my paths. Number one, the Bible, the word of God is a light. It shows me, it shows you the way. It gives you the instructions. It's the manual, it's the handbook of life. This book that's on your lap. That book that we barely open, that we barely study, it is the light. It shows us the way. It gives us the instructions. I'm not ashamed when it comes to our household to admit when it comes to building things or putting things together. That's my wife's expertise. She's the handyman in our house. I am not a handyman. I'd rather just hire somebody and have them do it. I have no patience for opening an instruction manual building furniture. Um, Catherine, a couple years ago, bought me a basketball hoop for my birthday and she put it together. I'm not ashamed to admit it. It is what it is. That's just not my expertise. She can sit down, open the instructions, follow the instructions, and within an hour or so, it's complete, it's built. Imagine trying to put together furniture or a basketball hoop or whatever it is without the instructions, opening the box, dumping it all out, and sitting there with all the pieces And there's no instruction manual on how to do it. There's no, here's the first step, here's the last step, here's the tools you need, and trying to navigate to put that together. But as Christians, so oftentimes in life, we do the very same thing. We have the instruction manual. We have the light unto our path, and we try to navigate. We try to go through our life without reading it, without seeing what it has to say, without going to it and saying, God, you show me the way. It is a light. It is a light. We go through life without searching God's words for, a, for the answers. This evening, you need wisdom for a decision that you have to make right here. This evening, you need advice for marriage or relationships right here. This evening, you're going through a trial. You're going through a season of depression or sadness or fear right here. The Bible has the answers to whatever we need and whatever we're looking for. And it's easy for many of us to say amen to that statement, but I believe it's also very difficult at the same time if we really believe that. The Bible has the answer to everything. Before the pandemic, up in teen church with our teen, teenagers, I started a series called Questions and handed them a blank note card and said, you write down any question that you have. Any question. And we're going to look at God's word and we're going to answer it from a biblical perspective, from God's perspective. Say, why? Why, why did you do that? Just to, you know, just to have a, a series for a couple of weeks? No, I want our teenagers to understand. I want the next generation to understand that anything they need in this life, that any question they have, whether it's a social issue, whether it's things that they see when they go on the news, whether it's things they hear in school or their home or things that just come into their mind and heart, all the answers are right here. They're all right here if you search the scriptures. And I believe a lot of times we see teenagers graduate high school and they leave. Or we see my generation, uh, our age, whether you're a teenager or in your 20s, fall out of church because we're not showing them the answers. We're not giving them what they're looking for. And the sad fact is what they're looking for is sitting on your lap. It is a light unto our paths. It is our manual. It is our instruction book for life. It has All the answers. You ever try to drive without your headlights on? Do you ever try to go camping without a fire or a flashlight? I don't know about you, but a couple weeks ago when we had that storm, and man, our power was out for three or four days, and I was freaking out. No power, man. I have to go light candles and walking around my house with flashlights, and not my thing. But as Christians... We go throughout life and we don't use the light that God gave us to light our path and to show us. It is a light unto our paths. Read it. Study it. Love it. Live it. What else does the Bible say? Hebrews chapter 4. Not only is it a light unto our paths, but Hebrews chapter 4. And when you get there, we can look at verse number 12. Hebrews chapter 4 Verse 12, we're talking about the value of the Word of God, the importance of the Word of God. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, the Bible says this. For the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Not only is the Word of God a light, but it is a sword. It's our defense. It's our offensive weapon. Pastor mentioned a couple Sunday nights when he was talking about the spiritual armor. It's the one thing that is is on the offense. It's our offense of weapon. If you take time and you read Matthew chapter 4, and you see how when Satan came to Jesus Christ and began to tempt him in the wilderness, what was Jesus Christ's defense? It was scripture. It was scripture memorized in his mind and in his heart that he used to fight off temptation. It was his sword in battle. As Christians, we go to battle every single day when we wake, wake up. Hey, listen, tonight if you don't realize that we are in a spiritual warfare in our country, then you're not paying attention. If you don't realize that our life is a spiritual battle, then you need to wake up tonight. You need to get with the program. Understand this is bigger than us. This is bigger than what the news tells you. This is a spiritual warfare that's going on in our country, that's going on in our world, that's going on in our churches. And every day, Christians wake up and face this battle, and they go to battle without their sword. If I was a soldier, I would not be wanting to go to war without my gun. If I was a police officer, I would not want to go to war without my body armor and my weapon To protect me. But as Christians, we go into spiritual warfare against the devil, against the demons, against the principalities, against the darkness of this earth. And we go without our sword. What I'm saying tonight is the Bible is your weapon. Memorize Scripture, bathe yourselves in Scripture. You'll be amazed at the victories you will have in your life just from simple Bible memorization. Just from bathing yourselves in the scriptures on a daily basis. Teenagers who battle temptation. Teenagers who go through struggles. What does the Bible say? Psalm 119 verse 9. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereunto according to thy word. The Bible is our sword. It is our weapon. Not only is it a light and not only is it a sword. But number three, turn to Matthew chapter 13 tonight. Matthew chapter 13. We're talking about the value of the word of God. It is our light. It is our sword. But notice this in Matthew chapter 13, and we'll start, we're going to skip around a little bit in this chapter. And we'll start in verses 1 through 3. Familiar passage. The same day went Jesus out of the house and sat by the seaside, and great multitudes were gathered together unto him, so that he went into a ship and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. And he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. All right, we won't, for sake of time, read the entire passage. We're going to skip down to verse 18, but we see Jesus is about to give the parable of the sower. Most of us know that tonight, but look at verses, verse 18 of chapter 13. Now he's explaining to his disciples the meaning of the parable. Hear ye, therefore, the parable of the sower. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth not, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which receives seed by the wayside. But he that received the seed into stony places, the same is he that, uh, that heareth the word, and anon with joy receiveth it. Yet hath he not root in himself, but cureth, uh, dureth for a while. For when tribulation or persecution ariseth because of the word, by and by he is offended. And you skip to verse 23. But he that receives seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it. He that receiveth the word and understandeth it. So what is the Bible? Not only is our light, not only is it a sword, it is a seed. The impact of the gospel of Jesus Christ is like no other. It's the one thing. And the only thing that can change a life, that can take a life that's going one day, going down this path, and all of a sudden turn around and follow the Lord. Only the gospel of Jesus Christ can change, can change a life. It is a seed. I think about a few years ago when we had our Danbury Blitz, and I believe it was our first ever Danbury Blitz that we had. And Pastor went out with Nick, who was here, I think it was right before he deployed, and they were knocking on knocking on doors and left a flyer. Nobody answered the door, and they knocked. But they left a flyer on Franklin Street over in Danbury. Not realizing the door they were knocking on, not realizing what was going on, but they were what? Just throwing the seed. They were spreading the seed. And that next Sunday, a lady comes to church and says she has her granddaughter and her niece and wants them to be part of church because she found this flyer on her door And the rest is history. Jalen Samara sit here in church tonight as a result of that seed that was spread. And their life forever changed because of the impact of the gospel, because of the impact of the seed. Their mom just said to me and Catherine a few days ago, said, you know, I know it was supposed to happen. You guys were meant to knock on our door that day. It was meant to happen. The Bible is a seed. It impacts. It changes lives. And it is our responsibility as Christians. We want to see a difference in this world. We want to see a difference in politics and government. We want to see a difference in the next generation Then, as Christians understand the value of what's on your lap and everywhere you go spread it. And everyone you talk to tell them about it. And every time you have the opportunity give them the word of God. Throw seed. Leave a track. Leave a door hanger. It is the one thing that will make the only thing that will make a difference in this world. It is a seed. It is a seed. And it makes an eternal impact. It can change a life. You know, I, Pastor, mentioned, I think, last week, but starting to pray about how can we as a church start to get back to that point where we can evangelize our city. Obviously, The pandemic has put a lot of uh, restrictions and we can't run buses and we can't go door-to-door somewhere. And I've been praying and thinking about and writing ideas of things that we can do to get the gospel out there because we are here. We are meant to be in Danbury at 2020 for such a time as this to make a difference and to reach our city and to spread the seed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if we're not doing it, We're not following the commission that Jesus gave us. We're not not living up to our responsibility as Christians. Understand the value of the word of God. It is a light. It is a sword. It is a seed that can impact a life. Number four, turn to John chapter four. John chapter four, verse 14. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John talking about the value, the worth, the importance of the word of God. John chapter four, verse 14. Actually, we'll start in verse 13 tonight. John 4, verse 13. Jesus answered. He's talking, this is the woman at Jacob's well. And again, another commercial. If you haven't watched that series that we've been talking about, The Chosen, this is one of the final episodes in that series. And the way they depict this is just so powerful. And I would urge you to to watch it with your family or watch it when you can. But verse 13, Jesus answered and said unto her, the woman at the well Whosoever drinketh of this water, talking about the water at the well there, shall thirst again. Notice what he says in verse 14. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. The Bible, it is the living water. It is the only thing that will ever quench your thirst in this life is Jesus Christ and his word. People pursue so many things in this life to try to find peace. They pursue so many things to try to get the answers that they need. They pursue money and careers, and a lot of them achieve it, and a lot of them get to that fame. And you see athletes and you see actors talk about whether they take their own lives or they go into interviews and say there's still something missing. Why? Why? Because they don't have the living water. What is on your lap this morning is not just this evening. is not just another book. It's not just a, another cute book full of fairy tales. It is the living water. It is Jesus Christ. It is his word. And it is the only thing in this world that will give you peace. It is the only thing that will quench your thirst. This last Friday... We went to the park, me and Matthew was there, and, and Brandon and a couple other guys, and we were playing basketball against some guys that were there. And if you ever gone exercising, or you ever played a game, and you're sweating, and you're hot, and you realize that you're not as in shape as you were in high school after you play, there's nothing greater than a cold water bottle after that. <laughs> nothing will quench your thirst like a cold, ice-cold water after exercising or playing for any period of time, and we go throughout this life and we look, people look, they want their thirst to be quenched. Nothing will quench your thirst. Nothing will give you peace like the word of God will. When you get in God's word every day and you study it and you memorize it and you live it and you meditate on it and you bathe in it and you make it the preeminence of your life and you value it and you understand its worth, man, you will have, your thirst will be quenched. You will have a peace, as the Bible says, that passeth all understanding. And no matter what goes on in this world and the craziness that goes on in the news and the craziness that goes on in the world every single day seems to be getting worse, you will have a steady, steadfast peace because you have the living water and you value it and you understand its importance. It is the living water. What is even sadder is Christians who know this, this is the answer. They still, we still live lives of confusion, anxiety, depression, when we can just turn to God's word. We'll leave tonight and we'll close our Bibles. And we'll place it when we walk into our house on the shelf or we'll throw it somewhere on a nightstand and won't see it again until next Sunday. Christian, value your Bible. Get in your Bible. Let it quench the thirst of your soul. Number five tonight, the Bible not only is a light and not only is it, A sword, and not only is it a seed, and not only is it the living water, but it is infallible. Which means what? It is incapable of making mistakes. It is incapable of being wrong. The definition, it is never failing. It's always, all in caps, always effective. Always. Men, relationships, people will let you down. Will fail you. That's life. God's word will never fail you. It will never lead you down a wrong road. It is never, ever wrong. You need an important decision in your life, go to God's word. You need an answer in your life, go to God's word. You have a question about work or raising children or whatever the topic or the category is, go to God's word. Why? Because it's incapable of making mistakes. It's never wrong. It's always effective. Teens and Friends or in college, even now and then I'll have someone call me up and they'll ask me for advice. And they'll ask me for uh, what do I think about this or what did I do when I was in college and I was in this situation. Or talking to it's one of our teenage guys and what did you do in high school. And I, I, I want to help them and I want to give them practical advice. But my main answer to them and my main plea to you tonight is getting God's word. Ask God. He'll show you. He'll guide you. He'll direct you. That book that is on your lap, again, it's not just any other book. It's the Word. It is the Word of God. You know that 11 Christians are killed every day for their faith. Talking about 2020 in the top 50 World Watch list of countries. One out of six Christians in Africa experience high levels, high levels of persecution, One out of three Christians in Asia experienced high level of persecution. In the year of the year 2019, 245 million Christians experienced high levels of persecution for their choice to follow Christ and trying to smuggle in Bibles into their country. People literally die to get their hands on this book. To worship Christ. 4,136 Christians in the top 50 World Watch list of countries are killed, are killed every year for their faith. There were 4,000 Christians killed for their faith. But in America, we have 12 copies of this book. Every color, devotional version. Big print version, small print version, on our phones, access to it all the time. People around our world are literally dying and being persecuted right now just to try to get their hands on this book. Why? Because they understand the value and the importance of it. They understand it is a light, they understand it is their sword, they understand it is a seed that can impact a life. They understand that it is always effective, that it's never wrong. They understand it's the living water. And in America, Christians, we hear it, we amen it, but we don't live it. And my challenge to you tonight, took the last 25 minutes, to plead with you, to encourage you, to hopefully motivate you, To understand the value of that book on your lap. To get in it this week. To study it. To teach your children it. To read it with your spouse. To read it on your own. To read it with your families. To highlight it. To know it. To beat this thing up and learn everything you can about it. And understand, if we're going to get through these days, if we're going to be effective, soul-winning, powerful Christians that make an impact on this world, we need to get in God's word, understand its value. Every head bowed, every eye closed.